Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. One thing that's interesting in business, and I've kind of noticed this ever since I started, is that there's a lot of sub-worlds within this world of business, right? There not only are bloggers versus YouTubers versus podcasters, and I don't mean versus like they're pitted up against each other, but I mean just there's different avenues of delivering content. Um, There's also different avenues of business and niches, right? There's the health and fitness space, there's the entrepreneurship space, there's personal development, uh, there's physical products and digital products, there's software, there's coaching. I mean, there's a lot of subspaces where within that space alone, there's some really interesting dynamics, some influencers, some knowledge and experiences. And yes, there are commonalities between all entrepreneurs in all realms. However, I wanted to pinpoint a particular world that you may not know about, but it may be of interest to you because you may end up in that world or it might be something that you might be interested in. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about specifically the world of buying and selling websites and existing businesses. Now, we've had other people on the show before Not too long ago, we've had uh, Dan Andrews from Tropical MBA talk about just the regrets that he had with selling his business. And we've had several people in the past talk about how they've sold their businesses and it opened up new avenues for them and was great to get those things off their shoulders. I mean, there's a lot of ways to approach business. And in the world of buying and selling businesses and websites specifically, you know, a business comes to mind. And that is the people over at Empire Flippers. Dot com And specifically, Justin and Joe, this the founders who uh, I've known for a while. And um, I got introduced to them and, and Justin specifically way back when I was doing niche sites back in 2010. And they sort of stopped just promoting these little tiny niche sites and selling those and buying those. And they've gone to much bigger, massive websites. And if you go to empireflippers.com, you can actually see the websites that are for sale. They also help broker any sell- selling that you might want to do of your website. You can kind of gauge to see like what is on the market out there how much these websites are being sold for, sometimes for the millions. And today I have Justin on the show to talk a lot about the lessons learned and some of the things that we can look out for, especially if we have potentially an exit plan in our future or if you are interested in getting started, not from scratch, but piggybacking off the success of another business and buying their website. So a lot of interesting dynamics here. So uh, before we get to Justin, let's get to the music. 
Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's a three on the Enneagram scale, Pat Flynn. Hey, Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me in session 348 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. If you haven't been here before, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the episode and subscribe because we have a lot of great content, not just in our backlog, but coming your way too, especially as we close in on the end of 2018 here and move into quite quickly 2019. We already have a great lineup and have recorded a number of episodes for next year already. So again, make sure you hit subscribe. My name is Pat Flynn here to help you make more money, save more time and help more people too. And today to help us, we have Justin from empireflippers.com. And again, I've known Justin for quite a while, haven't really been keeping up with what he's been up to. So it was really interesting to have a conversation with him today to see how his business has changed and where his focus is. And he and his partner, Joe, and his team, they're dedicated to helping you if you're interested in ever buying or selling a website through every step of the process. It's not just kind of like a thing where you can just flip a switch and boom, everything's ready to go. There's a lot of due diligence that's required um, Flippa.com is another website that kind of does the marketplace thing, but you know you don't get the kind of sort of attachment and 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 the uh, ability to have conversations with people like Justin and Joe. And of course, it's nice when you have people in your corner who can help you through the process. So sit back, listen in. We have a lot to talk about today. Here is Justin from EmpireFlippers.com. Justin, welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. So your business, EmpireFlippers.com, is a very interesting business because you are essentially a marketplace for people who want to buy and sell websites. How did you even How did you even get into that? Yeah, so a very long time ago, uh, we started a website online back in 2010 called the AdSense Flippers. And we were AdSenseFlippers.com. And my business partner and I started building these small little AdSense-based websites. And we followed a lot of people online, including Smart Passive Income uh, was one of our resources for kind of getting started. And you know, we started building these small websites that made 40 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, 200 bucks a month. And as we were kind of building them out, we realized, you know, these are like mini assets. These are, you know, investable assets. So we said, look, would people be interested in buying these? And so, you know, we started to list them for sale and see if anyone in our audience was interested in buying them. And people started buying them from us, which basically fueled our growth. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm, you know, for anybody who's been following me for a while, uh, you've probably heard of AdSense uh, flippers.com and Justin and Joe were like the, the, the two people who were working there. And how, how big is your team now? Now that you've kind of switched to just more general websites at empireflippers.com. Yeah. Joe and I, you know, we had uh, an outsourcing company that was kind of like our main breadwinner. And at the time we had, I think 20 people in the Philippines Mm -hmm. and, you know, we actually ended up selling that company off over the years. We've grown to now just over 50 people. So we still have about 18 people in the Philippines and we have 32 or so from different places, you know, New Zealand, Australia, mostly Americans. Amazing. Love it. So let's get into it. Like I'd love to talk about both the sort of uh, buying of the websites, and then we can shift over to selling the websites. So for anybody in the audience who may have a website that's kind of just sitting there, you're kind of tired of it, or we'll get into the reasons why you might want to sell. And I'd love to hear your perspective on that in, in a little bit, Justin. And then perhaps you might want to check out Empire Flippers to kind of sell. But I'd love to hear from a buy, buying perspective. We've talked a little bit about buying websites to kind of get a head start on your passive income journey and bu- business building journey. Uh, but we haven't talked about it in a long time. Today, 
why would we want to buy a website or why should we even consider that and kind of what price point are we looking at and what do we get for those price points? Well, to, to be fair, there's a host of people that shouldn't buy websites or online businesses, at least not yet. Uh, I was talking with my aunt. We were on a vacation a while back, and she was really interested in kind of what we were doing. And she kind of knows that we sell these online businesses, and she's really curious about the returns. And you know, she just recently retired, mm-hmm. and she was kind of looking for something to do that could potentially earn money. And she was really excited about potentially buying a business from us. And I, I had to tell her, I love my aunt, but I had to tell her. Uh, Teresa, this just uh, this wouldn't work for you. I, you don't have the skills to run an online business, you know, based on knowing her in, in conversation. So, like, she could learn those skills, but she's not there today. So, this really isn't for everyone. It's not fully passive in that you put your money in, sit back, and you know, watch the the cash rain down. Like, it doesn't work that way. Um, but it can be, you know, if you're putting the work in now, you can see like heavy returns later on the businesses that you're running. So, just to get back to, you know, who buys these these businesses? Yeah. There's a host of people we actually uh kind of like gave them profiles so there's like the uh, for example there's the lifestyle larry right and lifestyle larry might uh you know be working a nine to five like a mid-level manager in the u.s and and just would love to like sit on a beach and work you know 10 hours a week and kind of like build out his website and so you know he's saved up some cash wants to quit his job and effectively travel and is looking to buy a business like this you have the you know a diy uh daves who are they're like tinker I mean, they've maybe they built out a few websites themselves. They've had some success, but they're really good at like you know tweaking. Maybe it's conversion rate optimization or something else that like can really add traffic and ultimately earnings to the website. So they buy a site, you know, looking for something they can actually improve. um, And you know, it's got not enough traffic or it's not converting very well. well, And it's something they can actually take a stab at and take a bite at. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I like that. I like how you categorize them. Now, you had mentioned, uh, first of all, thank you for being honest about like, hey, guys, this isn't like something you can just buy and sit back. And, you know, it's, it's not like that. It's something that requires skills. What are those skills that are required for somebody who's buying a website and kind of wants to do something with it? So it's going to depend on the kind of business that they purchase, right? So, you know, uh, kind of the straightforward, like first timer type website sites would be like an Amazon associate site, right? This is a site that's affiliate based, uh, pays via Amazon. Um, and it's relatively straightforward. Um, and then some of the more complicated businesses might be the e-commerce business businesses that have, you know, many different SKUs, many different products, and you have to you know ship the products from China in, in your container to your warehouse in the U S like those are much more complicated. Uh, but the affiliate sites, for example, kind of the starter sites, you have to, uh, be, proficient uh, at, I'd say, keyword research, um, like a little bit of SEO, need to understand, you know, WordPress management, uh, a little bit with, you know, how to work themes um, and, and, you know, how to write copy to some degree. So, I mean, those are some skills that you can definitely learn. I think, you know, with a couple of months of kind of digging into it, it's something that you could get down. Uh, But starting from scratch, it would be difficult, I think. Yeah. Now, I'm curious, for example, you'd mentioned like an Amazon associate site that is making money through affiliate marketing. Let's say that, for example, it is making about $1,000 a month with Amazon Associates. How much might that cost to buy? And I know it ranges and there's various other aspects of websites that kind of factor into the cost, like how long it's been around and the, the, the domain authority and like a lot of other things, I'm sure. But how much might one expect to buy a website that's earning $1,000 a month? So all the businesses we list and price and sell are based on a multiple of the net monthly profit, right? And so net monthly profit, 
for the sake of this, let's just say it's on average over the last 12 months. We can go less than 12 months. Let's just say 12 months. So it's making $1,000 a month. You'll apply that. You'll apply multiple to it. And generally, that multiple ranges from 20 times up to 50 or 60 times, depending. So it could go anywhere from 20000 to 50 or $60,000 at the very high end. Now, you know, the next question is, well, what's the difference, right? Like, right. What's, what's going to get my site to suffer 20000 versus 50000 uh, A host of things go into that. But ultimately, it comes down to risk. Right. So if you know the buyer's looking at the business and they, they have a sense that it's gonna be a riskier purchase for them, or they actually would be a riskier purchase, it's gonna be the lower end, twenty, twenty-five X. Uh, if it looks much more solid and, and this is due to a, a range of, of things, it might go for thirty to forty times uh, net monthly profit. Now to get up in the upper ranges, you're looking more like recurring revenue, it's got you know a steep trajectory, it's in a really hot niche, you might get fifty X or so. I think the largest we sold was was right around 50 times net monthly profit. Um, so that's getting close to the edge. But generally, you'll find they go somewhere between 25 and 35x. Got it. Okay. Now I'm I'm just going to put myself in a hypothetical situation. I see a website. It's doing some Amazon Associate stuff, and I pay you know twenty five thousand dollars to get access to this. And I'm sure there's you know a transfer of you know, who owns what and, and whatnot. And let's say I, for a couple months, am still seeing the the income coming in as it was coming in before, which is what I paid for. But then it starts to kind of decline. And like, I'm sure this happens every once in a while. And it could be due to a number of factors, whether it be seasonal with Amazon or keyword rankings in Amazon or keyword rankings with Google. Are there any safety yep. things or like, guarantees that are involved with buying websites or is it kind of like i mean this it kind of feels like gambling a little bit i'm i'm assuming i mean can you speak to kind of that aspect of it yeah it's completely uh, up to the buyer so there are no guarantees um we've thought about or talked about like some kind of insurance policies we could put in place but right. ultimately decide against it but it's it's due diligence is responsibility of the buyer to make sure they're buying a website or an online business that works for them and that they can work with. Um, it does happen that, you know, uh, Google rankings take a hit. Um, it happens where your Amazon associate account could be shut down. It happens where, you know, the buyer neglect, where the, the buyers neglected the business. And that definitely happens to some of the businesses so we've we've kind of like gone back to buyers previously and tried to get a sense of like what happens to the business we did this recently i forget the exact numbers but um uh, some of them had like a heavy decline after 12 months uh, some of them like significantly grew the business and a lot were kind of in the plus or minus 15 to 20 percent range uh, over the course of a year so i mean there is heavy risk and it depends on the type of business and what those risks are so you know amazon associates uh website i mean the chance that amazon could shut you down your google rankings could take a hit um you know negative seo there are a lot of risks there mm-hmm. um with e-commerce it could be that at your products or a fad um, that let's say it's FBA that someone overtakes you in the rankings that you get some negative reviews um, you know lots of, of risks that are very unique to online businesses it's not that offline businesses don't have risks they have risks too it's just that the online business risks are, are different and then on the other side of the coin what are some things that new buyers of new uh, of websites are doing to increase those businesses I mean there's obviously a wide range of things they could do but in your eyes if you if you have that info like what are the small and or big tweaks that they're making after they purchase a website that seems to be giving them the most bang for their buck? Well, what's really interesting is a lot of 
sellers are going into the sale, you know, they have sellers have lots of different reasons for selling, right? But one of the reasons that they sell is they go, look, I've maxed out this business, right? Let's say they get it up to eight to ten thousand dollars a month, and they've done all the conversion rate optimization, they've done all the SEO, like it is, it's ranking really high on the first page for some of their major key terms, and they are like, this is. This is as good as it's going to get. I might as well cash out now while it's it's peaking, right? And so what happens is you have a buyer that comes along and goes, "Wow, you know, I normally don't buy businesses that are making less than ten thousand dollars a month, but I'll work with this one. It's making eighty five hundred bucks a month. It's, it's close enough, right? And they've got a whole different skill set. So you know, with them in particular, they've they're let's say great at driving Facebook traffic, whether it's paid or organic." Uh, they've got a really large, I don't know, Instagram page uh, with, and they've got an influencer list that can really help with like that e-commerce product, right? So they're buying it knowing that they can take it to in the next 12 to 18 months, they can, you know, two or three exit um, and thinking it's just barely big enough for them to finally take a stab at it. So you've got this like disparate kind of view on where the business is from the seller and the buyer. And that's one of the reasons I think we're in business is because mm-hmm. of this kind of like lack of understanding on both sides. Awesome. No, that's that. I mean, this is such an interesting thing to consider. Like, hey, I don't have to start from scratch. I could buy something that already exists and perhaps put my skills in use in there. And I don't. I've actually never shared this with anybody. So I'm going to share it now because it does relate to buying websites. I've actually purchased an existing website once before, and this was back in 2010, I think I believe. And I purchased it on another website where there's like a marketplace and stuff, and it was only making a, a couple hundred bucks on AdSense. And it was about a 20 times multiplier. And I just wanted to kind of see what would happen. And I did a couple easy tweaks on it. And it, it, it actually wasn't a WordPress site. So I did switch it to WordPress. I optimized it a little bit. And then I did a few tweaks. And I was able to increase the AdSense earnings by like 30%. But over time, it just started to drop off. And, you know, I had meant to, I was considering like, you know, having that be a case study where I talked major detail about it but it just it just wasn't interesting to me because it just i felt like that my business or my personality was not into it and you know i probably could have put it into it but that's that's a hard thing and you know i i like to teach business in a way where it's like okay you are somebody who's connecting with your audience um but when you're buying a website that already exists like is there any worry with those kinds of businesses or do do kind of more personal brand type situations for a buyer like them trying to inject themselves into an existing business that's been around for a while. Is there some challenges in there or benefits to doing that, doing it that way? I'm just kind of thinking out loud here uh, based on my own previous experience, previous experience with this. But it's really difficult to sell uh, businesses that are heavily personal brand, right? So let's say that someone's coming in, they've got a really popular YouTube channel and you know that's a big part of their brand and their identity in the business and they're looking to sell their business. That could be very, very difficult for someone to take over. Right. Typically, it's a, it's a much different transition. They have to bring someone else in. They both like, let's say it's a podcast. They now bring on a co-host and they co-host the show for a while. Um, they're going to have to license the use of their name for some period of time. So in terms of like you know selling a business that has a personal brand it's doable but it can be really challenging we found it difficult to sell those businesses and when we have it's been kind of an it's been stuck kind of as an earn out it's kind of it ultimately turns into a partnership for some period of time it's not a kind of a clean sale um in terms of like injecting your brand into a business you purchase i mean it sounds like to me that the 
website you bought just didn't really it wasn't interesting to you so you didn't have like a lot of interest in kind of like driving it or continuing with it and it kind of died out and that's something that and that's kind of a good time to sell joe and i uh my business partner we've had situations like that where we had in in the past we had websites or online businesses that we just weren't kind of sticking with and you know you know this but the way websites and online businesses generally work is you have to put some thought effort and energy into it and so we let these businesses die for example one of them was a twit art business i was uh delivers twitter background designs this is way back in the day yeah uh but it delivered twitter background designs and i think at, at one point and this is before we were we had a marketplace to, to sell online businesses we probably it probably would have been worth maybe 70 to eighty thousand, and then ended up dropping down to maybe a thousand bucks a month or mm-hmm. maybe maybe under i think we ended up almost giving it away or selling it for maybe 15 grand or something much, much less than we could have. And that was just because of a lack of focus and interest in continuing the business. So if you find yourself kind of bored with your website or kind of over the website and you're just not giving it the time and attention it deserves, it might be a good time to think about selling. Yeah, that's a great point. And you're spot on. I just bought it because the numbers looked good. And I was like, yeah, I could probably optimize that. And I did. And it just didn't make sense for me to put my own personal personality into it and I just lost interest and that's why the kind of website died a little bit. And I think, you know, that speaks to an interesting question that I have, which is how much do you buy for the numbers versus how much do you buy for, you know, your interest? Um, I'm sure there's going to be people who are in this business of buying websites to literally flip them, to buy them and do like they do with houses, which is, you know, tweak them, optimize them, then resell them perhaps even in the same market. I'm sure you've seen that, but you know, how much should we consider before buying something our just interest in that particular topic? Well, in general, when you're buying and selling a, a website or online business, it's surprising how emotional it can get. I mean, you wouldn't think of it that way. You think that, oh, well, it's a buy the numbers, you know, here's my multiple, here's what I'm going to sell for, and then you just negotiate the, the dollar amount. Right. Um, and that's not right for like five and six figure sales. It is on on like seven figures because you have generally you're just dealing with professionals. I don't know another way to put it, but these are people that kind of do that for a living. But in like five and six figure range, I mean, you're talking about selling your baby, like something you put blood, sweat and tears into. If you're buying it, you're putting a lot of money. You worked hard to save all this money and put it on the line and to risk it for this business. So, you know, there is some emotional connection to that. And, and whether you're buying or selling, it does and can get emotional. Um, and that's, I think one of the benefits of working with a brokers that they kind of take that out like it's not emotional to us right our team our sales crew our vetting team our immigration team they don't you know they they're not emotional about it it's it's purely a transaction so we're able to kind of help with that um but yeah in terms of uh letting go of a baby and 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 looking for businesses you can add value to i'd worry less about like being passionate about the business and more like what kind of skill sets you can bring to it. So mm-hmm. if you have a skill set that you, that's uniquely valuable to that business, say that it's it's heavily run by Facebook ads and you look at the business, you look at the Facebook ad campaign, you're like, oh, I can do way better here. Like you're bringing a unique advantage to that business that the seller didn't have. So I think it's really helpful to find your unique advantage and put that to use. I think it's a great transition into, now let's kind of focus on the selling of a website. So a person, you know, and you talked about this a little bit, but, you know, we had a conversation on the podcast with Dan Andrews, who I know is a good friend of yours as well, from tropicalmba.com. He was in uh, episode 329, and that episode was really, really, 
he was just very vulnerable about the selling of his business, which was very successful. And he cashed out on it. He did very well with on paper with how much money he had earned from that. But he felt like just life was not the same and things were something was missing. He was very depressed about the sell of his business. And so I would love for you to speak to those who are potentially they have a website or they're sitting on a website and it's making money for them and they want to cash out on it. What kinds of questions would you ask them to make sure that, yes, this is the right decision for them? Yeah, it's really interesting in Dan's case, right? Because he was, you know, thinking about obviously the money. Um, they were thinking about like, obviously they had a lot of cash tied up in inventory. And for them it was, you know, look, let's see return on this kind of like investment we've had to do with all this inventory and this growth we've had to put in this e-commerce business. Let's see some kind of return and they, they like the money. And, and what he mentioned was that, you know, he hadn't thought about the other benefits, right? The benefit of, uh, you know, having some level of, I don't know, being being someone that's a practitioner in the industry. I mean, he talked to a lot of kind of e-commerce people and would explain to them, you know, what they did in their business and how they were successful. And so, uh, uh, you know, not being able to do that, not being able to stand on stage with the business they're running, it, it, I think it affected him, right? It affected him personally. I think it affected him psychologically. And, and it was, it was a sad loss for him, I think. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting perspective for sellers to consider before they're going to sell their business is that, you know, what are they going to do without that business? Cause it's not going to be there. It's not going to be earning, uh, giving them the cash flow they're getting today. So, you know, I, I think ideally they should have some kind of plan for what they're going to do after. And to be clear, this isn't a requirement. We, we don't require that they tell us what they're going to do with it mm-hmm. or have a plan for afterwards. But it is, I think, something interesting for sellers to to consider because they're going to get this this payout and this you know lump sum of money is going to come their way. How are they going to put that money to work for them, uh, whether it's into another business or into some investments? What are they going to do with that? Because the cash flow stops and the lump sum comes. What do they do then? Um, so I think that's a pretty important consideration. But you know, we also and we often run into sellers who don't have the passion for the business anymore, and they're running another project, and that's something that they are passionate about. So you know, they've started up a new FBA business with a product that they've been always wanting to to, to build. They've got this Amazon associate site that's totally unrelated that they used to run as kind of their starter site the thing they first started off with mm-hmm. and they really need cash for inventory for this fba business like fba business are cash hogs especially when they're successful because they're constantly dumping money back into inventory so you know they may need that fuel to you know burn for their fba business and that's going to give them the advantage of growing very very quickly and expanding a business that they are passionate about if that makes sense yeah i mean i think that's a good point and one of the reasons why it- might be the right time for somebody to sell. Are there any other things or sort of uh, triggers or signs that hmm, it might be it might be a good time to start sell, you know thinking about selling the website that you have? I mean, a lot of times people you know they want to sell at the peak, um, but they end up selling for more personal reasons. Right. So we've, you know, had people sell their business that, you know, they were looking to adopt and adopting is expensive and they, you know, needed the cash thing was like thirty, forty thousand dollars uh to adopt. And so, you know, that's why they were looking to sell, you know, this website that husband and wife had created together. Other times it's for less positive reasons and they're going through a divorce or maybe a business partner divorce where things are not great and you know they need to you know split up the business and go their separate ways so it's not you know all 
ways selling at the peak that kind of drives, uh, you know, a seller's motivations. Um, and I think it's helpful, and I'm, I'm switching hats here, but I think it's helpful for buyers to ask about that. Like the, the easy answer, and you'll see it, you know, we mention it uh, quite often on our listings, is that, you know, the seller is looking to put the money in other projects. And that is probably the most common answer, but it's worth it for the buyer to dig in to like what the seller's real motivations are. It's, it's kind of like peeling back the onion, yeah. right? So like if you can peel back the onion and get to the actual core, their real reason for selling, that's going to put the buyer in like a good, strong negotiation position because they'll know kind of what's going on with the seller and the kind of their motivations and they can use that to their advantage when they're negotiating the deal. I like that. That's, that's really smart. Now you had mentioned selling at the peak. This is really interesting me, uh, to me. How do you how do you know that your website is at its peak? Are there like how, how do you even begin well, to understand that? Yeah, that's the question, right? Um, <laughs> and that's that's the thing that I think a lot of uh, sellers uh, get wrong or they misunderstand, right? And I said this earlier, but you know, it, you see your business kind of climbing in earnings month over month or quarter over quarter, and you see it starts to let's say level out. And it might be leveling out because, let's say, it's an Amazon Associate site, and you're finally on the first page. You're in the, you know, your major keywords are in the top couple of slots. You're you're really kind of maxed out in terms of your SEO, and so you're saying, okay, I see my earnings, the growth rate, the trajectory is starting to level out a little bit. I think this business is starting to peak. I think it's time for me to get out. And what they don't realize is that by opening up another traffic channel or maybe monetization channel, they're there's a lot more earnings to to be had in that business. And so, you know, a lot of sellers kind of, you know, they think they're, oh, well, I want to know if I'm peaking or I think I, I think things are starting to level out. And what they don't know is that's just, you know, a uh, kind of a slow period or it's, it's, it's maxing out for them, but it's not maxed out from the buyer's perspective when they add whatever traffic, you know, source they're going to add to it. So I think that's something that people get, sellers get confused about thinking their business is potentially peaking or it's toward the top and they don't really know. I mean, that, that's something they think, but it's, it's not necessarily true. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I can imagine, for example, selling a website, considering it at its peak, you know, I've exhausted and optimized it. It's, 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 a, it's as good as I think it's going to be. And then I go and check on it later. And then I happen to find out that it's, triple the income i would i would i would it, it would be like oh my gosh like what did i do i lost out on the opportunity do you have any advice for somebody selling a website to detach themselves from it in case something like that were to happen i mean i think there's some just internal discipline to not worry about it anymore after you sell it but i mean how could you not any advice there for us yeah, well, some people are, are excited to see someone kind of take their baby and run with it and, you know, have it be super successful. So if they yeah, have 2X or 3X over the next year or two, you know, they're, they're really excited because they're like, look, I started that project and it's continued on. I'm happy with the cash I got out of it and, and I'm good. Other people, <laughs> probably a little more like you or I, where they might look at it and go, wow, I did not maximize my earnings on that one. Um, I should have sold for more, it's worth a lot more. I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a little bit of that as well. One of the things you can do um, is, as a seller, you can retain some equity. So that is something we actually allow. So let's say that um, the seller knows this business is just on fire, right? They know the business is on fire, but they're forced to sell because you know their other business is growing faster, and it's just it's the better move. So they have to sell this business, but they want to keep a piece of it. Right. They're like, I know this business is going to 3x in the next couple of years. 
buyers, I want to keep a piece. So maybe they keep 20% equity and the buyer is willing to do that because they want to go back to the seller, um, let's say once a quarter or every other month Mm -hmm. and do a call with them and ask them questions about kind of the growth strategy. So from a buyer's perspective, it's a way to keep the seller uh, invested and and kind of bought in, into the growth of the business. So they're kind of like right there along with you. It's also uh, you know, a way for them to, to get their business at a discount. If the seller's really adamant about that, you know, they might be able to pay, you know, 75% cash and the seller keeps, you know, 20% equity. So like, you know, they may be able to get a discount above and beyond like what they're leaving with the seller. And it's a way for the seller to remain involved. Just as a seller, know that if you do that, that if you keep 20% equity, you're now effectively partnered with someone who has a majority stake in the business. Yeah, it's a good Right? Point. So they're calling the shots. They're making the decisions. So you have to trust that that partner that you're getting involved with, right? So if it's a, I'm done, I need to get out, then just sell your business. Don't do that. But if you really believe that there's long-term value and you believe the buyer can get it there, um, sometimes seller-retained equity is can be a good move. Yeah, that that's man. There's so many aspects of this that I hadn't even considered. I'd love to finish off by giving you sort of a case study example, a thought experiment. You know, I have a website, foodtrucker.com. It was a niche site that I had started in 2011, and it's been doing pretty well. It's been making money through its own products. It's ranking really high for certain keywords. We internally have talked about selling it at one point or another, uh, and so hypothetically, if we wanted to sell this thing, what? would we need to have or show or prepare to maximize the sales price for this thing? Gotcha. Okay. The business has been around what, like four or five years. Four or five I think, years. Pat, yeah. is that right? mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Is it uh, growing? Is it declining? It's been pretty steady. It's been growing with income or it's been growing in, in traffic just because of the nature of the industry. But uh, we haven't been pushing so hard, probably as much as we could with ads and such to the products that we have. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, whether it's increasing, decreasing, or steady, there are buyers uh, all over the place. I like, like some some buyers love, you know, heavily increasing businesses that are like super hot, and they'll be priced on maybe like the last three to six months because you know a shorter time frame just kind of makes sense. Um, but they're really interested in those. Other people hate those. They're like, you know, that's too risky for me. If it's mm-hmm. growing that fast, it can decline that fast. They're not interested. Other people love, you know declining businesses they're like oh i can turn this one around i'm gonna get it at a discount so there's people that look for all all types of businesses so if you were looking to sell that business one of the first things you can do is we have a it's called the valuation tool and if you enter your information and enter just the actual finances and kind of the info uh behind the business takes maybe five six minutes uh, it'll give you a good range and then like a typical range on what that business would actually likely sell for in a marketplace. So that's a good place to start to get an idea. It takes only a couple of minutes, you know, get a sense of what the business would sell for. If you did actually decide to list, you said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and list this business. Um, you would submit the business. It takes maybe 15 minutes or so. And you, you need to get some numbers together. Uh, we need to know last 12 months, average net profit, last six months, last three months. And then we need some other information about the business. It's pretty straightforward and maybe 15 minutes or so to put together. And then once you submit, you would go into our vetting process, which generally takes anywhere from like a week and a half to three and a half weeks, depending on what type of business it is. Uh, This business in particular would probably take, let's say two weeks. And we'd ask you a whole bunch of questions about that business. And that's to do a couple of things. That's to give us more information to help sell the business so that we can take that, uh, you know, to potential buyers who are interested. It's also to actually vet and verify all the information that you presented. So you've given us 
just I say that the business makes this, but we need to actually verify that it actually has made that. And so we'll walk through with your team um, the actual earnings and the actual traffic to make sure that it's doing and earning what you say it does. Um, And then if and once it passes our vetting process, it'll go live in our marketplace and then we'll market it out to our audience. And we put it in a whole bunch of, we syndicate it to a bunch of different places and and we'll put you out there and you'll start, uh, you know, fielding interested buyers. That, that's really interesting. Where can we get access to the calculator? I think that'd be if anybody's interested in potentially even just seeing how much their website might be worth. If you have a business up and running and it's making some money, where can we go to see that? Yeah, I'll give you the link. Uh, you can put it in the show notes, but just go to empireflippers.com uh, slash valuation dash tool or just go to empireflippers.com and on there you can see valuation tool and, and take a look at, at what your business might be worth. Cool, man. That That's really interesting. It's definitely got my gears turning, but... I love that there's a vetting process. So 12 months average net profit, you said six and three, obviously like traffic reports and all those kinds of things. Like, so just, just kind of the usual stuff that you might expect. But obviously if you are interested in selling, I mean, go to empireflippers.com. That's where you would want to go and start. Yeah, we would get you know all the proof of income, proof of traffic, put that together. Once you're actually listed on our marketplace, and this is, I think, where people get the idea like, well, you know, maybe I can just sell the business myself. And I think this is kind of like where our value really kicks in is, that you know we have a sales team there that is helping to field like all the inquiries so there's gonna be a lot of tire kickers and time wasters and people just kind of like sniffing the business out and we have a, a team that kind of goes through all those inquiries and like you know fields them out weeds them out for you and then only sends actual interested parties and then when we for larger businesses a hundred thousand plus um, when we have an interested buyer, we actually get on the call with both the seller and the buyer, and we do what's called a buyer-seller call. And that includes our salesperson doing a prep with the, the, the seller, doing the actual call and driving that call, and then doing kind of a post-buyer-seller call, uh, you know, a call with the seller to kind of review and discuss like what they can do on the next call and what they, sh- they should expect. So, you know, after that, let's say that there's a deal made, we actually help with uh, negotiations in terms of a lot of times there's negotiation on price, but also on terms. Mm-hmm. Like, is there going to be an earnout? What's that earnout going to look like? How long is it going to take? Um, and then all the way through the actual migration of the business, when someone buys a website or online business from us, uh, we migrate the business from the seller to buyer. Uh, a lot of times we'll hold the money and hold the business while we transfer that over to the buyer. And we give them a two-week inspection period. So they get a full two weeks to kind of review the business, make sure it's earning what it's supposed to be earning, make sure they have access to everything. Once they sign off, then we ultimately pay out the seller and, and close the deal up. So there's a lot of things in there that I think, you know, if you're doing it on your own for the first time, it's, can be it can be challenging, right? Like you, you don't do this every day it's not something you don't sell your babies (laughs) every week um (laughs) but it is something we do regularly can help with well man dude this has been super helpful thank you so much for coming on and giving us all this amazing knowledge and something to think about you know whether now's the right time or perhaps later maybe it was it wasn't even anything you were thinking about this will give us some really good head starts on how to do this the right way whether we're buying other people's websites or selling our own so Justin, thank you so much. Big, uh, you know, shout out to Joe as well, who uh, wasn't joining us uh, today. But tell him I said hello. And if uh, you have any other resources do. or like where else can we go to get more information to kind of learn about all this? Uh, obviously, check out our, our website, EmpireVlippers.com. We have a blog there. And then you can check out our podcast, Empire Vlippers Podcast. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and all the, all the usual places. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Justin from Empire Flippers. If uh, buying or selling a website is something of interest to you, 
then I would definitely recommend you schedule a call. And that's, that's what they want. If this is something of interest to you, whether now or in the future, all you have to do is go to empireflippers.com slash smart. There's a button there for you specifically, the listener of SPI, to go and do a little consultation on them. They're going to help you through the process, see if it's even the right fit for you. And that's what I love about what, they are, what they're doing. It's, it's not for everybody, but for those of you who want to go down that road, whether it's, again, buying or selling a website, uh, they're going to help you make sure that you are taking the right steps and are taken care of along the way. So, empireflippers.com slash smart. That's all you need to know. And again, if you want it, uh, the show notes and the links and the resources mentioned in this episode, all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 348 and uh, the link to the call, the link to uh, everything else that was mentioned is there on that page. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash uh, session 348 and for the call, empireflippers.com slash smart. So hey, really quick, if you have an audience and some of those people in that audience are podcasters, then I want to give you an opportunity to let them know about the Smart Podcast Player. Actually, we just opened up the affiliate program for the Smart Podcast Player. This is the player that you see on my website and many other people's websites. John Lee Dumas, Amy Porterfield, Tony Robbins even used this at one point. Uh, if you want to sign up as an affiliate to then promote the Smart Podcast Player, you can make a little bit of money too, which is pretty cool. All you have to do is go to smartpodcastplayer.com slash affiliate and sign up there. And it includes some new features like the sticky player, which lives at the very top of your page, allows you to play your latest episode and a few other cool things too. So this is a brand new feature that we just added. We want to give people who have podcasters in their audience an opportunity to get it and give you something in return. So smartpodcastplayer.com slash affiliate to sign up now. Hey, and really quick, I wanted to talk to you about something that happens every month here. I offer a free training to help you get started with affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing, for those of you who don't know, is generating an income by recommending other people or um, other companies' products. And what's really cool is your target audience is already buying a lot of these products. And if you can be the one to let them know about it, that company can offer you a little bit of a kickback as a thank you. And I provide this free training every single month. I teach you a number of things such as passive and active ways to create campaigns to sell more of other people's products, plus my secret weapon for affiliate marketing that most people don't do. Now, if this is of interest to you, all you have to do to sign up is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash A-M-M. That's A-M-M for Affiliate Marketing Masterclass. smartpassiveincome.com slash A-M-M. You register and sign up there, and I'll see you on the call. Thanks again so much. I appreciate you for taking the time to listen in. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already. The next couple episodes, the last two of the year, are gonna be ones that kind of wrap up the year, sum up the lessons I've learned, and give you an idea of the things that are coming your way, and uh, hopefully give you some good good advice and, and goal-setting things that can help you as you uh, transition into 2019. And hey, cheers, enjoy the holidays, um, You know, en- enjoy the time you have with the loved ones around you, and I just wanna say I love you guys. You guys are amazing, and thank you for sticking around, listening in, and especially those of you who have listened to the show for nearly 10 years now i think we are we're we're approaching that number very quickly which i've heard i heard somebody the other day say pat you're you're like a classic you're you're a legend in the world of podcasting and i i at first wasn't quite sure how to take that i'm like well that makes me just sound really old but it's kind of cool i i like it actually so thank you i appreciate you so much and i'm so thankful for all of my students who are now podcasting who give me credit for helping them with their start and just all of you for for helping and supporting along the way even if you're kind of just sitting back listening to the show and you know, you don't leave reviews, you don't leave comments, you, you don't even visit the website. I appreciate you too. The fact that you're listening and taking time out of your day to listen makes me feel really happy and it motivates me to keep going. So if you haven't listened to the show before, that's the kind of person I am. I do this for you. Hit subscribe, 
Cannot wait to serve you in the next episodes. Cheers, take care, and have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.